Well, good morning. morning. How's everybody? Good, good, good. Listen, uh, if you're new, if you're new, thanks for being here. My name is Danny, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Kesed. I'm so excited that you're here. We're in a series right now called "From Now to Forever," and uh, normally I would kind of go into a little monologue about uh, what the series is about, but instead I'd rather tell you what's happened the last two services, one on Thursday, and then the nine o'clock that we did here before you showed up. Uh, the series is, is about uh, this idea of capturing moments. It's about this idea of really being present and fully where you are. And the topic today that I wanted to talk about was uh, this, these things that steal our ability to capture those moments. And I wanted to talk about anxiety and I want to talk about worry because those are the two obstacles that steal a lot of our ability to capture moments. When I came in on Thursday, uh, something happened during the worship service that just wrecked everything I built. It was an amazing message. I thought it was incredible. But as I walked on stage, I realized that I wasn't supposed to speak that message, which is like really, really frustrating because I'm a firm believer that the Holy Spirit can show up like whenever he wants. You don't have to like freestyle everything in order for it to be of God. You can actually sit with God on Wednesday and pray about and build things for Thursday or Sunday. Um, But it just didn't feel that way. So so Thursday, uh, we went completely off script, which for what it's worth, caused me incredible anxiety and worry. (laughs) I was like instantly stressed. Like I had this great message. I had hours and hours poured into it. And then suddenly I'm sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and I'm like, none of this is for you. So we did this really powerful time of kind of uh, sharing and, and seeking God. And at the end, we haven't done this in years, at the end on Thursday, we actually did an altar call. So for those of you who don't know, we actually created time at the end of service for people to come down front and be prayed for, people who were dealing with anxiety and worry. Now, I didn't want to do that at 9 or 11. I just, I didn't really want to go off script at all, frankly, because I enjoy just a little bit of control, just a tiny bit of predict- predictability. So at, I went into work on Saturday, and I reworked the entire message front to bottom. I fixed it. And then I came in, and I preached it last service, and it was okay. I, I thought it, it, people enjoyed it, and they connected with it, and I was like, cool, that was for you nine o'clockers. And then at the back, during worship, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to preach that again. But I don't want to preach what I wanted to preach on Thursday, because that was for Thursday, which means I don't really know exactly what I'm going to preach to you today which gives me all kinds of anxiety and worry. And for those of you in the room who are like anxious people, you're like, this is not happening. Like, I brought a guest today. (laughs) He barely follows his notes as it is. You can't just freestyle Sunday morning. We're like a legit church now. This isn't church planning 101, Danny. Apparently, it still is. (laughs) This whole thought around capturing moments uh, has really been soaking into my Uh, my person. And I've been trying to do better and better at it. And I want to give you just a little opening illustration of how it's being played out in my life. This morning, my wife and I went through BlackRock. And uh, as we're going through BlackRock, she hands me a card, which I thought was from my wallet, but apparently it was from her purse. And I give the lady the card. And then she asked me for a phone number in order to get the points. And I said, well, doesn't my card pull up the phone number? Because I'm the BlackRock buyer in our family. And the lady goes, no, this, this card doesn't. I looked over at Erin, and she kind of smiled. And in front of the lady, I said, did you try to steal my BlackRock points? <laughs> did you try to steal the points of BlackRock that I earned 
to get my free drinks. And this lady starts laughing. And I'm like, hold on just a second. We have to get into a fight. <laughs> so we had this fun little discussion. And then the lady, now who was probably in her early 20s, this woman, uh, had a wedding ring on. And she says, you guys seem like fun. I have a question for you. I just got engaged. So give me marriage advice, the most important you can. Ready, go. That's exactly what she said. And then all of a sudden, her coworker and the other one are in the window. And I leaned in. And I was like, you know what the most important thing in your marriage is to start early? I had worship music playing, so I just turned it up really slowly. <laughs> it's like an underscore, underscore myself. And I'm like, patience. Patience is the most important because you are a developing, transforming woman. And your husband's a developing, transforming man, your fiance. And you guys got to give patience to each other so that you can develop together into this life you never thought you could have built alone. And she goes, wow. <laughs> she said, you're really good at this. And I said, well, it's kind of my thing. I promise you, she said, you drive around and... <laughs> she goes, you drive around to, uh, to drive throughs and give people advice? <laughs> and I said, no, I sit on a stage and talk with people about about their lives. I passed her a church here in town, and we had a whole talk about Kesed and, and, you know, whether she wants to come or not, and all that good stuff. And my wife and I rolled up the windows and drove away, and she just, I don't know, she hit me or something because of the points that I took back. Because <laughs> I did take them back. I gave the lady my number, took those BlackRock points back. Those are my points, Aaron. Stop stealing my stuff. <laughs> but we had a discussion about how special just that moment is. Earlier in the week, uh, I go to a car wash pretty consistently, and I made friends with uh, one of the young men there. I made such friends with him that he ended up inviting me to meet the rest of his friends. And the last time I went there, six people, including the young lady, came out of the car wash in order to talk with me about uh, what I do and who I am and all these kind of things because I just started connecting with them. And now we have a dinner coming up soon with the car wash kids. <laughs> I share this, listen, I share this just to say this. When you are willing to just be in the moment, when you're willing to set down your script, right? When you're willing to set down what you feel needs to happen in order for you not to feel anxious and not to have worry, sometimes it feels like Jesus shows up in a way that you would never expect and you start giving advice to baristas about how to be married. I don't know how seriously you're taking this series about moments, but I do know that what we have to do is just give up the persona and the control and everything else that we put in front of, the facade we build that keeps us in our routine. And in order to do that, it feels like this weekend that's what I need to do for each service. And so every single service has been custom for that service depending on what those people needed. And I've hated every single second of it. I don't like this. I don't want this. And yet I feel deeply in my heart that if I was to get up here and just rip through some material in order to engage you based on stuff I thought you needed to know, then what we would miss would be the moment we're all feeling in the room right now that maybe is a little anxious, but more importantly, is honest and authentic and real. I want to be a part of a church that's willing to set down the script. I want to be a, a part of a church that's willing to go off material, that's willing to be who we are called to be. Now, 
To start, we have to admit that we all probably wrestle at some level with anxiety or worry. Now, if you're anything like me, and if I was in the audience, I need to be honest, and I was sitting here hearing someone like me talk, I would, I would have a hard time admitting that. I would be like, eh, not really my thing. I don't really wrestle with anxiety and worry. But I've done enough work now in therapy that I know that what I mean to say is I don't really experience anxiety and, wor and worry because as soon as they peek their heads in the room, I cut it off. Basically, any situation that brings me anxiety or worry, I just outwork, outdrive, out opinion, out push, out maneuver. I don't sit in spaces that cause me anxiety and worry. I just change the room, which means I wrestle with anxiety and worry because you can't just change the room every time you don't like what's in it. Now, my wife, on the other hand, is more, is more honest about it. She accepts more, uh, I guess, she's more vulnerable about it. She will be like, I'm anxious today, or I'm worrying today. And, and I'll be like, cool, what can I kill for you so that you don't have to worry about that anymore? And she's like, go away, please. I'm just going to sit in this for a while and experience it. And those are really often the two polar opposites and then everything in between. So everybody, I think, wrestles with this at some level, but we have to start by realizing it may not be like the people we think around us. And we have to give ourselves space, again, to go off script, to go off material, and be like, okay, I have some anxiousness. I have some worry. I had some uh, anxiety facts. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., they're affecting currently over 40 million adults in the United States age 18 and older. During last year, August of 2020 through February of 2021, the percentage of adults with recent symptoms of an anxiety or depressive order increased from 36.4% to 41.5%. Anybody want to guess the state with the highest reported level of mental illness in the United States? Oregon. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Many of us aren't surprised by this. Perhaps we ourselves or obviously people we love uh, wrestle with this kind of stuff. Anxiety, if you really were to just sort of grab hold of it and, and, and start to pull it apart, anxiety feels like a darkness that's everywhere and covers everything. But some of us in the room are better at pretending it's not there than others. We cannot be a people who capture moments if we aren't first willing to admit that there are things in the way of us even seeing or experiencing the moments in our lives. And one of the things I think that blocks us right out of the get-go, which is why I wanted to talk about it this week, is our unwillingness to sit inside and face our own anxiety and worry. And we don't do it because it's hard. We don't do it because it's, it's scary. But if we're not going to sit in that space, then we're never going to be a church that has the ability to capture these moments that God has for us. And so that's what I'm going to ask us to do today, to actually enter into that space. I'm going to ask us here in a little bit to actually think about the things that cause us anxiety and worry. Now, I don't want you to just let yourself go, okay? I don't, I don't have a team here that I, like I'd want to to kind of pick us all back up, but I do want you, as I'm talking here, to start kind of thinking, start mulling over the things in your life that cause us anxiety and worry, the things in your life specifically that cause you anxiety and worry, and then we're going to do something with those in the end. If anxiety and worry are darkness, it would make sense to me 
that in a world filled with that kind of darkness, that what is most needed would be, of course, light. Jesus over and over describes himself as this kind of light. And as a church, we talk often how when we find ourselves overwhelmed with this world and all of the shadows that pour into it, that it is Jesus that we have to sit next to. It is Jesus that we have to walk behind. It is Jesus that we have to lean into. But I wonder if we ever really tie together the fact that it's not just Jesus by himself, the person, it's Jesus and what he represents, which is light in our darkness. John 1, 1 and 3 introduces us to Jesus Christ as the incarnation of God. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. John is hearkening all the way back to the creation when there was nothing but void, except there was God, the triune God, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and the Son. And those, right, that God spoke into the darkness, and light came to be. John wants his readers to know that Jesus is fully God in human form. We know this, but it's not that Jesus is introduced that I want us to focus in on. It's how he is introduced. Look at the very next verse describing Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In this little verse, John is describing the entire purpose for why Jesus came, and I'll put it on the screen. Jesus came to bring light to the darkness. He's reminding all readers for all time that in the same way God the Father, through light, brought life to the great void, and so creation, Jesus wants to bring light to you and I. So as we claim the darkness, as we recognize that there are things in this life that move in and take control and pull us off script like this morning, we also have to recognize that there is Jesus, who isn't just this person that comes alongside, but he is actually light himself in that dark space. So let me just say, some of you live in darkness regularly and actually think this is just normal. This is just the life you were intending to live. You find very little joy in just about anything. As a matter of fact, this whole series is just sort of like meh to you because you miss moments so regularly that those moments actually become your lifestyle. Missing moments is the way that you exist. And I'm here to say today, Pause in the darkness and recognize that Jesus wants to shine his light into that space with you. Pause in the darkness and recognize that maybe you're the reason that this service is going this way because you wrecked the whole room and I can't even read my material that was so good in the first place. <laughs> so good. But you're worth wrecking a room for. You're worth pausing everything else and all the plans to just be in the mess with you. And that's why it's so important for us to bring our stuff to the forefront. That's why it's so important for us sometimes to let our anxiety manifest a little bit because it makes us come alongside other humans that live in that way. And here in a room like this where everything's normally fairly dialed in, I just want you to say, welcome to the mess that is your life and mine. And how beautiful is it that we can sit in this space, and even though it might feel heavy, and even though from this stage, not knowing what I'm going to say next, it feels a little anxious. But what I do know is that I can be with you in your space, and I cannot miss the moment sitting in that darkness, sitting in that anxiousness, sitting in that what if, sitting in that I don't know how this ends, sitting in that I feel like my life's off the rails just like this sermon. So suddenly everybody's messy together. 
because Danny just keeps screwing it all up. This togetherness right here, I believe is what we're supposed to be about as a community. Not always dialing in, not always polishing, sometimes just being custom in the rooms that we're in, willing to go, oh, I thought I was showing up at this coffee to talk about, guess not. You are worth being engaged with where you are right now. And Jesus has a lot to say about it. He speaks specifically to worry. And I don't really like the verse because it never has helped me. <laughs> it's never made me feel better. And yet in the end, it, I continue to come back to it. I'm not really sure why. This is what he says. Therefore I tell you, Jesus is speaking, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then he sums up the passage. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. And listen to these phrase. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I think that's why I don't like it. Because it doesn't end happy at all. It's like, look at the flowers. Look at the birds. And I'm like, but look at my bank account with no money in it. <laughs> and look at my family that needs to eat. And look at this. And he's like, but look at that. And I'm like, but look at this. Like, does God not realize we're not living in a Disney movie? Is he not, is he not confused? And yet, what's so beautiful about it is actually when you look at the last line, you start to realize right away, he says, basically, I want you to live present in the moment. And he says, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Basically, he's saying, not only do I want you to engage all the moments that are positive, I want you to engage all the moments that aren't. I want you to stop avoiding your trouble, which is probably why I don't like this passage, because I just want to overcome trouble. I just want to overcome anxiety. I do not want to continue to do these sorts of sermons. They don't feel good for me. And frankly, that's what this is all about. <laughs> Which is, is, of course, not true, but it's what it feels like when I prep a message for 10 hours and he's like, no. And I'm like, hashtag rude. I finally find a verse like this and recognize that what God wants is for Danny to be present, even if it's to sit on stage in front of you and flail. Because that's what he wants us all to do in the presence of people that he loves. Sometimes the best thing you can do is sit with somebody and say, I don't know when they're feeling anxious or worried. Sometimes the best thing you can do is say, that does seem overwhelming to me as well, and then show up anyways. 
Sometimes the best thing you can do is go completely off script to prove to people that what you believe in isn't your gifts or your talents or your bank account or your plans, but actually you believe in your God and that he can take whatever he wants and do with whatever he wants because he's the one who gave it all in the first place. This is what I hope God is giving to you right now. And I hope if you're brand new, I hope if you're brand new and you're just walking in, I hope this shakes you to your core that this whole service was messed up because of you. And I hope if you've been coming to church for years and years and years and years and you've never experienced anything like this, I hope your whole world is messed up because you know you messed this up for everybody else. I hope every person in this room leaves feeling responsible like I do. That Jesus Christ wants to be known so much that he will pull us off our scripts, allow us to sit in and feel anxiety and worry and still show up again. I heard an amazing quote and I've read it to multiple friends this week, and it's by Blaise Pascal. This is what he said. Let each one examine his thoughts, and he will find them all occupied with the past and the future. He says, we scarcely ever think of the present, and if we think of it, it is only to take light from it to arrange the future. This idea that we steal light to arrange the future from where we are right now, whether it's light that exposes difficult things or light that is exposing beautiful things we just can't hold on to because we're afraid they'll be ripped away. He says, we steal that light to arrange the future. And he goes on, the present is never our end. So we never live, but we hope to live. And as we are always preparing to be happy, it is inevitable we should never be so. Because we are always stealing light from the present moment to push it into the future to push it into what's next because we have so much anxiousness and so much worry about the unknown that we can't actually live next to the people we're sitting beside right now. I don't want to live my life that way. I would rather throw away all the material and just sit before you as Danny and trust the Holy Spirit to give me the words to meet you where you are than to script everything out so that I went home feeling well and you were like, I'm not really sure what was going on there, but something was off today at church. Because I'll tell you something, right now you all know something's off today at church, but it's a whole good kind of off. Yeah, you all know it too, don't, you know it, right? You're like, mm, this isn't normal. And you're like, shoot, this isn't normal. And now it's all about you and God. Not about the quality of the service or the presentation of the speaker. This is what happens, I think, when we just usher in the darkness around us, when we just let it be called out and owned. And so that's exactly what I want to do for all of us. I want to give you a chance to do that. In my own therapy, one powerful way of breaking many of the holds anxiety and worry had on my life was through standing in, like we're about to do, and so claiming that these traumas existed in the first place. Basically, it's, it's like being afraid of the dark and then taking some time to face that fear by standing out under the night sky. And for a lot of us, it feels very unnerving to just be honest about the fact that we have anxiety about certain things which is why some of us in the room want to walk in the light and follow Jesus. We just don't want to stand in the darkness to do it. And yet this is so often exactly what Jesus is calling us to do. We're like, Jesus, we're going to walk in the light. And he's like, cool, go stand in the darkness. I'll meet you there. And we're like, oh, I'm all about the light, Jesus. And he's like, cool, I'm all about like, you not thinking you're that legit. So why don't you go out there? <laughs> Why don't you get out there and realize you aren't the light, I'm the light. 
that your plans are not my plans and that your ways are not my ways. I think there's a verse that says something like that. God is moving and he is awakening. But many of us are missing it because we're not willing to leave this space of dysfunction and comfort that we've created and walk out into the dark in order to experience the light he wants to bring. So this morning, I'm going to bring that darkness to you. What I'd like you to do is allow now those things that have been ruminating in your mind to uh, come forward. Whatever it is, politics, health, your marriage, money, uh, relationships, your faith, stuff inside your story, stuff beyond your control, circumstances, poor decisions, secrets. I have no idea. Allow all those things to come forward. And I want you to imagine them as a heavy darkness rolling in and around you. I want you just to sit in this space. I want you to see and understand the idea that anxiety and worry are the great light thieves of the world and that for many of us, this is actually how we live all the time. Our light has been stolen. And we are dark and alone. I want you to recognize, though, that within this place, within this night sky, Jesus, he's there. He himself says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want you right now to do your very best to capture this moment with Christ as he faces off with this thing that you've brought into the room, this darkness that you and I are wrestling with. I want you to see how tightly you're holding on to it, how, how strongly you are actually gripping this thing that has, that has caused you to live this lifestyle that you're living right now. And then I want you to see that in that place, the glow of Jesus' presence slowly begins to transform your grip. And it loosens, and it opens. And in place of this anxious, worried feeling, you receive the embrace of Christ. You drop the script and the pretense and the games and the reputation. You drop the worry and the anxiousness and you just hold the one who created you who knows what's next. You just rest in his presence inside this moment. <laughs> inside this beautiful moment. Lord, inside this space, there's a lot of people trying to figure out how to how to hold on to what they're feeling right now. 
my hope is that in the midst of learning to let go, that maybe, God, they would uh, also let go of needing to know how to keep anything. But instead, they would decide to just open their hands, open their eyes, open their hearts to receive whatever you have next. I'm so grateful, Lord, that you brought people here to wreck this room. I'm so grateful that you are willing to, to wreck lives that are built upon sand, lives that are built upon broken philosophies, lives that are, that are built upon strongholds that keep us from being able to be filled with your joy. I am so thankful that you love us enough to find us in the dark and shine your light. We're here, God. Bring to us whatever it is you have, however it is you want to bring it. In Jesus' name, amen. your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace Turn your eyes to the hillside Where justice and mercy embrace There the Son of God gave his life for us And our measureless debt was erased
Turn your eyes to the hills Our King will return for His own Every knee will bow Every tongue will shout Our glory to Jesus alone Turn our eyes to you oh, oh, Jesus To you we lift our eyes Oh, Jesus Our glory and our prize We adore you Behold you Our Savior ever true Oh, Jesus We turn our We turn our eyes to you, Jesus, we turn our eyes to you. For thou, O Lord, on high, above all the earth, Thou art exalted far above all gods. For Thou, O Lord, on high above all the earth, Thou art exalted Far above our gods. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing that again. For thou, Lord. For thou, Lord, on high above all the earth. Thou art exalted. Thou art exalted. Far above, far above, all gods, all gods. For thou, for thou, O Lord, on high, on high, above all the earth, thou art exalted far above, far above, all
sing it just the voices. Pretty easy. Come on. Sing, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Lord, I Yes, Lord, and oh, yes, singing, oh, Lord, one more time, I exalt thee, and I only you, Jesus. praise yes God bless you guys thank you for coming have a great week we'll see you next Sunday and I exalt